Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It's Brandy here, and I am so excited to have this conversation with you. We are diving into the three stages of business growth in your practice's journey. This is going to be fun. So fun. So on today's episode, we're going to talk more about how do you recognize the stage of business growth that you're in? Oftentimes what I see is people try to skip steps or they try to implement something in their practice that maybe they're seeing another owner do and it doesn't work out and they're wondering why. And it's all about matching where you're at in your stage of business growth and the certain activities that you need to concentrate on at certain points in time. So for today, we're going to identify what those three stages are and what happens in those three stages, and then some blind spots that might come up for you inside of those three stages. So this is going to be a treat. It is going to be a treat. Um, As always, take some notes if you're able, take some notes. All right, so one of the things that I see, the biggest things that I see is when folks hire and they don't hire necessarily with like strategy and intention, and then they have to turn around and fire. So that's one of the mistakes that I see when people try to skip steps and move too fast. The other mistake that I see is where people try to implement, because I talk to it too, where, you know, you have to own your CEO status. You don't want to be held hostage to your practice. You want your practice to run without you. You know, you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in a place to take time off and do all these great things. And there is a time and place for that. What I see is folks implement that too soon and then they're struggling financially because they skip steps, right? So you have to recognize like the messages that are meant for you and what you need to grab from that. So a lot of the conversations that we even have here are proactive conversations. So you might not be able to implement what I'm saying, but you'll know when you get there. And so the point of today's episode is to give you some additional guidance to help you in your journey. I never want you to blindly do what you see everyone else doing because you think that's what you're supposed to do, right? So you always want to make sure that when you are building your practice, growing your practice, scaling your practice, you are in alignment with your mission and your vision. It's so easy, so easy to get sucked into the comparison, to think that you're not moving fast enough, to feel like that I'm behind. And those things aren't true, right? So those are sabotaging thoughts that we can have that can definitely distract us. And so you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success, right? At the end of the day, here's your reminder. No one else has to work in your practice. Nobody. I don't have to work in your practice. Your colleague doesn't have to work in your practice. You know, you have to be the one who works in your practice. You're the one who has to show up every single day. So that's why it's important for you to recognize what is your mission? What is your vision? What is your purpose? You know, why are you doing the work that you're doing here in the world? Because all of that has to be in alignment for you to take the steps forward that you need to in order to build a practice in life you love. If you are trying to build someone else's life or if you are trying to build someone else's practice and it's for you, 
it might not be a good match, right? So you always want to make sure that you are paying attention to what do I want and why do I want it? It's really easy along this journey to get caught up, to think that you are, you know, you need to do X, Y, or Z. And you might do X, Y, and Z and then find out like, oh man, (laughs) this isn't, this isn't the practice model that I thought that I wanted, or this isn't what I thought it was going to be or what it was going to turn out to be. And you'll hate it, right? You'll hate it. So part of the work is making sure that we're building something that you are proud of, that you can show up to, that you can be empowered in, because it's going to make your journey so much more rewarding and easier for sure. So this information I am taking from our free private practice health assessment, and it's a nugget of information. So it gives you a business health score. It helps you identify what some of those stages of growth and what you need to concentrate on. So part of your assignment will be to download that assessment and you can find it at SavvyClover.com practice health assessment. And it's going to allow for you to sit down, have a good conversation with yourself and identify what do I need to focus on based on where I'm at in my stage of business growth, right? So the goal of this assessment is for you to have a healthy and sustainable practice. I have said this in the past, but I've been hired by multiple practices to fix things, right? So it was not always like a financial issue. Some of them were, but most times money wasn't the problem. Money was coming in. Money was coming in the door. It was the operations that were chaotic. It was the team that wasn't happy. And so all of those things are part of sustainability. So you want a practice that is here today and years to come. And we have to recognize that we are creating something out of nothing, right? And so this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It is not a sprint. Now, there are certain things that you can do for yourself to help you move faster, but you have to recognize what you're doing and you have to recognize that what you're doing isn't necessarily what everybody is choosing to do, even though we might feel that way. Like everybody's a business owner, not necessarily. A lot of people don't have the grit for it. They don't have the hustle for it and they don't have the desire for the uncertainty of it, right? So you want to recognize, first of all, that you're doing something that not too many people can do. And so one of the things that I always tell my clients, especially because I work with, you know, six-figure, multi-six-figure and seven-figure clients, a very small percentage are doing exactly what they do. They've been able to achieve a certain level of success that many can't get to, right? So a lot of folks are striving to get to six figures. These folks have already gotten to six figures. Now they're on multi-six. Now they're trying to like, hey, how do I get to seven? You know, some of my seven-figure clients, hey, how do I get to eight? I'm getting to eight. So it's definitely, it's a journey. It's a process. You have to trust the process. And so be patient with yourself, all right? Okay, so let's dive into the three stages. So the three stages are flourishing, authority, and mastery. And so with each stage of business growth, it's going to be dictated by how much money you're making, you know, the revenue, and then also the hiring process as well. So you want to make sure that you are, again, paying attention to what stage of business growth that you're in and what is applicable for you. So the first stage is flourishing. So with flourishing, you have probably found some clarity around the vision for your the practice, you've gotten maybe some clients, you are enjoying having some level of revenue come in, and you've learned about some of the ways to market your services and maybe have absorbed a lot of like free content. So I always think of like flourishing as like where you've done all the foundational work of, you know, your credentials, you've been able to get your business license, you've been able to, you know, get like your PLC or 
now you're in a place of, okay, I'm ready to see folks. And now I've been able to book a couple people and now it's like about revenue coming in the door, right? So if you are like baseline, baseline, then you are like pre-flourishing, but flourishing is essentially for this, for today's conversation is like where now you're starting to see some traction in your practice. And it's important for you to recognize some of the blind spots that are going to come up for you. So the one thing is marketing. (laughs) And it's really easy to put your profile on a certain internet directory and think like, okay, I'm good because you can get traction from that. However, when it comes to the sustainability of it, then folks start to get frustrated because certain internet directories work better in certain demographics than other. That's one thing that I've recognized because I work with people all across the country. Also, it's a matter of marketing your practice, getting your authority out there, right? And so making sure that people know that you're here, that you're ready to serve folks, that you are available, that you are able to help. And so sometimes with that marketing piece, one marketing tactic isn't enough. You have to definitely have more or less of a marketing strategy. And so when folks start to realize like, oh, you know, there isn't enough visibility that's happening within my practice, it starts to get frustrating. The other thing too, is if you are in a space where you know that you want to build like a group practice, then you definitely need to get comfortable with marketing because once you start to hire multiple providers, marketing starts to become important or your practice model has to serve you for you to make sure that your all your providers are filled, right? So that's a common blind spot. Another blind spot would be lack of clarity for the, for the vision and mission of the practice. So in that flourishing stage, it's really easy for you to see what maybe one of your colleagues is doing and think like, oh, that looks fun. Let me go ahead and move forward with that. And then you get into it and maybe that's not in alignment with you. Maybe that's not in alignment with how you want to show up or the practice model that you want to have. So you want to make sure that you have the clarity, again, for what you're building and what you are doing. Another blind spot would be getting distracted and offering random services. I see this a lot. (laughs) I see this a lot. And usually it's a sign that I'm a little bit confused on what I should be talking about. I don't know exactly what I'm doing yet. And I'm still trying to get a feel for things, right, from a marketing perspective. And again, you've been able to get folks in the door. So having like a, when I say strategy and intention for how you're showing up, some of the services, I'm like, wow okay, why are we doing that today? (laughs) Like, what is, what is that? You know, and so oftentimes I'll see where folks will talk about random brands and, or their, their message isn't in alignment with what they're doing, like what their practice does. And it's just all kinds of confusion because you're watching maybe another person do the same thing, but their stage of business growth is completely different or their practice model is completely different. So again, you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and talking to what your practice does, right? And so making sure that you are definitely tuned in for your mission and vision, especially as you get to seven figures, seven figures owners, they are definitely in tune with their mission and vision is they know exactly how their practice helps. They know exactly who they're here to serve. They're now establishing how can we help these people deeper Right. So that way we can continue to keep the money in the door, bring in more money. Right. So you want to make sure that at this stage you are getting used to what is my mission? What is my vision? And are you in alignment with that? 
The last thing is when it comes to client and patient work. So it's really easy at this stage where you're only focused on that and you're not doing a lot of revenue generating activities. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on what private practice CEOs do. And that's in that episode. So if you're wondering when I say revenue generating activities, go back to that episode and listen in because it's going to give you a really good understanding of what do I need to focus on in order to move my practice forward. All right. So the second stage of business growth is authority. So I work with more authority clients. So that's who my people are. I will say those are the folks who are inside a private practice CEO, the CEO school for private practice owners. I want to throw in a plug. Um, And inside of that program, we are all focused on authority and then trying to move those folks from authority to mastery, which we'll talk about. So with authority, essentially, you've probably gotten to a place where you are ready to hire or you've hired and now you are in a place of like, oh gosh, you know, now my practice is definitely a business and this thing is taking a life of its own and I am not too sure how to move in it. So help me, help me, help me, help me. Oftentimes it's the folks who who have hired, who need to fire, or they're realizing like they bit off more that they can chew where they end up reaching out to me at least for help. So it's all good things, right? So you've been able to make some money in the practice. You've been able to put yourself in a great position. The business stage of growth is called authority for a reason, right? Because now you are starting to get into a territory that many folks can't get to, right? Either because they get tired, they get burned out, um, they're not able to find their way. And so when you get to authority, that means revenue wise, you are definitely at that six figures plus um, and you are now navigating like creating a company, right? So when you hear growing and scaling, that's what's happening in that authority piece. So some blind spots that are there is you're hiring from a place of desperation. I see this a lot because you're booked and busy and you're tired. And in that flourishing stage, you did not take the time to strategically think, who is my next hire and why? You know, what do I need to get off my plate? What am I good at? What am I not good at? Right? So you were just like, I'm tired. I'm tired of working all these hours. Let me just get someone in the door. And so whether if that's a provider or if that's an admin or if it's a combination of both, you're not being strategic about who you're bringing in the door. You're struggling to delegate and keep things off your plate. So oftentimes in this stage of business growth, you might give something away. The person maybe doesn't do it right because you haven't necessarily put the resources in place that they need or communicating the way that you need effectively from a leadership perspective. So that way you guys are on the same page. So you take it back, right? So it's more or less like I call it like a a boomerang effect. So you give it, it comes back to you and now you're trying to work on it, right? So you're struggling there. So oftentimes in that authority space, you are giving things, but you, or you're like, like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I can't do it. You know, let me have it. Let me have it. But that's keeping you stuck. Another blind spot is not taking the time to understand the practices financials. So oftentimes in this space, you've been able to make some money. You're now making maybe some more money and you're now paying attention to the revenue and you're like, oh gosh, you know, doing your own books and, and things and trying to make shift solutions or trying to still be in that solo practitioner space doesn't work anymore. So you have to make sure that you're taking the time to understand your practices financials. And then you also have to make sure that you're taking the time to have the right partner, right? So 
we spoke about on a couple podcasts ago about the five positions when it comes to a million dollar practice. And so part of those five positions is that financial person, right? So at this stage of growth, one of the recommendations I always say is that you need to have a financial partner. You need to make sure that you're sitting down with somebody on a consistent basis and going through the numbers, right? And so this is at six figures, multi-six figures, definitely at seven figures, but you need to get into that routine of looking at your P&L, making sure that you're recognizing, you know, maybe some money that needs to come in the door that hasn't come in the door. And so that way you're always showing up in the practice and the practice is financially healthy. So that's critical. The other blind spot is not documenting the practices, processes, and workflows. So this is really easy to, to miss. I always say, and my clients know this, operations or documenting policy and procedures is one of the most unsexiest business activity there is. And so when you have a team, they can definitely help you with it. But a lot of what you're documenting are things that you're doing that are inside of your brain, right? So if you have multiple providers, you can definitely start to pull them in on some of those processes and give them like responsibilities and help help you with doing that task. But at the end of the day, you still have to be involved in it, right? So you still have to document. So definitely having some type of routine where you're looking at processes, making sure that you're setting yourself up for success to get things on paper because it's gonna make your life so much easier if you are documenting those things, right? So as your team gets bigger, as you're hiring more, this is where your practice starts to run without you. So when I say it, when I am saying it, I'm talking to the folks in authority. So for my beginner business owners who might be in that flourishing piece, you are not in a space where your practice can run without you yet. When you get to authority, that is truly because you have policy and procedures, you're setting yourself up for success. That's when that happens, right? And so that brings me to the last stage of business growth, which is mastery. And so with mastery, you probably have hired multiple folks, right, within your practice. You're very clear on what your practice model is. You probably maybe have brought in some additional revenue streams. And so with that, now you're starting to build your leadership team, right? So everything becomes more or less like, what are the last things that, I'm, that I have on my plate that I'm doing? And maybe I'm doing them because I'm nervous to let them go, or maybe I'm doing them because it's just necessity. But as you are moving in that mastery, it's now about getting some of the day in and day out, like in the weeds task off of your plate. You know, so in mastery, you were starting to work yourself out of a job as a CEO, right? And so you've been able to make seven figures in your practice at mastery um, and or you're very close to it. And so you are really focused on what is our mission? What is our vision? You know, what's the team culture? What's the financial stability of the practice? So you've been able to probably make a lot of mistakes in authority. And now you're taking that into mastery, right? And so the common blind spots at this stage of growth are hiring doers versus leaders who can execute. So it's really easy to hire someone who can tell you, oh, I can do this job and they might be able to do this job. But also when you were thinking about leadership, you need somebody who can lead and who can also do if needed, but can definitely execute, right? Making sure that the, that the job is getting done, right? And so... What I find is that there's a lot of folks who need leadership, who hire doers, and they get frustrated when the doers aren't able to lead, or they hire leaders who are more strategists, but they don't necessarily know how to execute, right? So you need both at this stage of business growth because it's going to allow for you to continue to move faster. It's going to allow for you 
to have folks who are now becoming resources for everybody else that you can also promote to higher positions within the practice. So you're essentially setting yourself up for like that eight figure practice for the multi-million if you are hiring leaders who can execute versus just hiring, continuing to hire a bunch of doers. So you're struggling to let go of higher level CEO tasks. So that's another blind spot. So you have some lasting things that are on your plate. And so oftentimes you'll hear, well, I've always been the one to do this. It's, you know, it's always been with me or it's really easy for me to do. It's no big deal. Um, you know, one of my clients today said the relationship is with me, so it's easier for me to navigate. And so a lot of times these are the things that happen in that mastery state because you are working yourself out of a job, right? So you are starting to get things, more things off of your plate that you don't need to be doing. And so which brings like the last blind spot that we'll talk about, not having a good pulse for how to fit into the practice's new growth equation. So as your practice is growing, it's really easy to think, well, I don't want to, you know, not have something to do or people are going to think I'm lazy or, you know, so I'll just find things to do, but you ultimately end up being a bottleneck within your practice. So it's important for you to understand and to recognize that you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable when you get to the stage of growth and that's okay, but it's all about leadership. It's all about making sure that you are setting yourself up for success as you are navigating and now creating a true company, right? So when you are at this mastery stage, this is all company right? This is fully company like this. This business has a complete personality of its own, right? And there is a lot of things that need to get done. And there's a lot of things that you are doing on a day to day. But ultimately, you're looking for, okay, who's that next leader that I can hire where I can delegate to in order to get us from seven figures to multi seven, you know, to eight, right? So it's a different type of mindset. So those are the three stages of growth. I'm going to go through them again. It's flourishing, authority, and mastery. And each one of them have their blind spots. As you think about these three stages of business growth, which one resonates with you and why? So where are you at? And as you can see, they're very different. Like the challenges that I'm working with when it comes to my clients are very different. The conversations that we're having are different, right? And so where are you at? And as you navigate each one, it's important to understand that you're going to have some bumps along the way and that's okay, right? So this is never about perfection. Building a business, regardless of what we see on social media, is hard, <laughs> right? It doesn't happen overnight. It is a matter of consistent momentum and taking the steps and not giving up for when you look up and now you see a practice that is like amazing, right? That is thriving, that is sustainable, that you're happy to work in, that the people that you've hired are happy to work in. And so, and that takes time, right? And so your evolution as a CEO is all part of that, right? So you want to make sure that you're patient with the process. Again, you're not rushing it and that you have the clarity that you need for what you're building, right? So you also want to make sure that you're recognizing when you struggle, because again, my seven figure practice owners, they are quick to say, hey, I need help. <laughs> like this is, ooh, no, I've been through this before because they've been through a lot in that authority. And they're like, nope, nope, I need help. So if you are in a place where you know that you're struggling, I want you to take on that same mindset. You know, there's only so much that you can do when you're trying to navigate building a business. So one of the things I keep saying is that building a business is a skill set. Being a CEO is a skill set. Leadership is a skill set. Understanding your money is a skill set. Like all these are skills that you're going to have to learn. And if you don't take the time to learn them or you don't take the time to set yourself up for success, then you're going to struggle, right? So it's important for you to recognize that you need to stop, get a mentor, you know, make sure that you're stopping asking questions, 
you know, take advantage of some of the resources that, you know, are definitely on my website, or maybe there's someone else that you notice. And so just making sure that you are setting yourself up for success. So of course, if you need help, I am always here for you. So again, your homework is to download the free assessment. I mean, it's free. So it's the private practice health assessment. And so you can download that at SavvyClover.com slash practice health assessment is where you'll find it. So I hope that this information was helpful for you. I can't wait to see how you show up in your practice. And that is it for today. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to show up as an empowered private practice CEO. Speaking of private practice CEO, if you didn't hear, my signature CEO school for private practice owners is now open for enrollment for our next cohort. Private practice CEO is designed for six-figure practice owners who want to learn the business side of their practice on a deeper level. If you have aspirations of scaling your practice to seven figures, this program is for you. Go to SavvyClover.com slash private practice CEO or see the show notes to learn more and apply. Inside the program, we teach you, mentor you, and empower you to lead your practice with confidence, make more money, create efficient operations, hire, grow, and lead your ride or die dream team, and market your practice in a bigger way. This program is loaded. You get on-demand and live business and leadership training, one-on-one and group CEO strategy calls, time-saving tools and resources, job descriptions, policy procedures, marketing scripts, plus our luxury CEO retreat called own your CEO status, not to mention our fabulous intimate community of private practice owners. Right now, if you apply before August 30th, you get access to a bonus VIP day with me and preferred pricing. Get ready to dive into your practice to strategize and make massive movement. If this sounds like a good fit for you, go ahead and apply today.